WSGRAP, Blake Radio, here with a young and old show with a radio socialist who thinks liberalization has nothing to do with the bankruptcy of, what is it? Uh, I mean, arguably it does, because this is the liberal attitude toward the market. California Bank. Go ahead, elaborate. You know what I mean? I'm looking at the story right here. Um, We're reading from Bloomberg. He hasn't changed his name to... Alejandra, he's still Alejandro. I, I'm really sorry to disappoint you with yeah. that because yeah, I I, I thought it, I, I'm really it's sorry because you were looking forward to that. Yeah, you, I didn't you, see you, you on wanted, Friday. You wanted a hot chick on the show, but you you got me, and then you heard yeah about, with long hair. You, you heard all about all this trans stuff, and you're like, wait a minute, wait, I can it? turn him into a her, uh, him into a her, Alejandra. <laughs> since we didn't have a radio show on Friday because I went off to the Panther game, you know I'm a Panther freak and. Uh, you know, I love hockey, and uh, I really enjoy hockey and all those good things. And uh, we come back, and uh, what's the name of this bank again? SVB. SVB and Silvergate. No, it's not Silvergate. It's Simi Valley or something like that. There, are, There's the closure. This is, of I think, two banks that have closed. I'm reading the story right now. The shutdown comes down soon after the twin collapses of Silvergate Capital Court and Silicon Valley Bank. All banks at That's one it, point sorry. were counted not among Simi, Not Simi Valley, Silicon Valley Bank. Well, All banks were, at least at one point, counted among the U.S. most friendly crypto financial institutions. So I haven't completely looked into the story, but knowing crypto, calling fraud. Okay. That's a good angle. Because it, it's how do I put it? Like I think there's a utility that we can get out of crypto one day. Yeah, but when the, the Fed when the Fed forces you to pay your taxes in crypto, yeah, it's going to be called the Fed. Yeah, and it's going to bankrupt I, all other cryptos. And I'll agree with that. Um, but the big thing is that I've seen with people who get into crypto, absolutely no sta- understanding of how the economy works in any sort of way. Not even like an ideological disagreement. So basically, Ponzi. Yeah, all over again. It, it's crypto has been a major, major Ponzi scheme. Not to mention everybody's playing Monopoly with it, and there's so many on the exchange. And I still don't know because I've never played crypto. I still don't know how easy is it to convert back the dollars to buy stuff. I don't you know, know. I remember when people were telling me in Miami because there was a really big um, NFT scene, and the way they were trying to tell me it or sell me it, was it's like, yo, it's all on a blockchain, you know, it's unregulated. That is true. And, you know, there's no one held accountable, it's all free. And to me, I'm thinking like, well, this is terrible. This sounds like bad, because it's like, when you make an investment, you want it to be safe. You know, you want to put your money into someone you trust, or into something that you think is secure. That's, That's a smart investment, at least how I was taught. So it's like all of these people who got super excited about something that they were telling me was so out there, so uncontrolled, so freeform. I'm like, well, this sounds like, yeah, this sounds like it's going to be completely taken away or swept under you. And swept under is a good way to describe it because most of these things have turned out to be called rug pull scams. Which is played you- rug pull. The audience has got to be asking. Yeah, gladly. What's, so a lot what's of- rug pull? Um, the rug pulled out from under you? It, it's you get people to invest a lot into crypto or, or something. Like, you know, you sell them on something. So they invest, invest, invest. And you even, 
yourself will put some money into the thing itself so you can bring up the price. And then when people really trusted you with their money, you take it and leave. Because there's right now, at this point, for a lot of these experimental cryptos, there is very little accountability. Even to the point that it gets so bad that it's very easy to hack. On Twitter, especially among people who are very much in the NFT circles, you'll hear the phrase, my monkeys are gone. And the monkeys are gone, for those who are understandable of the, I want to say last um, 2020, 2020, winter of 2020, a big thing to push forward is that this was very much a, an art-supporting movement because there were monkey pictures associated with a lot of these crypto blockchains. Okay. So it was like, you own this piece of art because, look, you have the rights to the long file blockchain thing. So that was a way that people were very hopeful. Like, you know, I'm all for people being hopeful with technology and ways to implement it and make money. But, man, when people, I, I don't know what it is, when it comes to making money, I never trust people if I don't get how it's um, profitable. You know, that's the thing. If I can't see how this is a profitable industry, I'm not going to invest. I'm not going to trust. You know, granted, there's um, a lot of moments where you could make money from this if you got lucky. But it, it overall doesn't seem like it's been a very financially stable Well, yeah, thing. if you were early in Bitcoin, you yeah. made a ton of money. I have a, I, I have a friend who you know, bought his apartment in cash after being in crypto five years. And he, he cashed out. Right before the the first hiccup, and man, he bought himself an apartment. He, he deserves it, you know. Yeah. You Ooh. know, it's uh, everybody deserves what they got coming. And whoever takes the risk makes the money. It's that simple. You you can't get too comfortable with something like this. You have. To, I just I I personally just don't have the guts to be that blind about something and uh, not know how to do it. And um, I don't know. I'm very worried about something like that. I don't have any real desire to make money that way. I think of there's other riskier stuff that if I want risk, man, you know, what the hell? I don't see why you just don't do that. You know what I mean? It's uh, a, lot of pe- it, it, a lot of people who got into this were not very economically literate, is what I would say. Like or a lot of people or get- what, they, what always happens, you know, quick... Rich schemes. Yeah. Well, they fell for one. A lot of these types fell for it. There's there's always a, a, a quick, rich scheme out there. I mean, it just it's always like that. Uh, I heard on uh, skimming through the Instagram today for my own post, had a, a, a wonderful weekend baptizing a grandson. And uh, congratulations. Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, it's amazing how beautiful when they answer your mother's prayers. And she didn't get to see it because she had passed away now. But hey, mom, you got to be happy. Your first great grandson is a Catholic as of today. Welcome among the saints, Alejandro Manuel. His name and my name. Can you believe that? Is that young and old or what? Well, that that's really his name. His name is Alejandro sounds- <laughs> Manuel. So I have to play. I, I love Spanish names because it's like everyone has five consecutive names. Come on, you're lying. You just love your name. You're a narcissist. Like, you do, do you have anything other than Manuel? It's just Alejandro Manuel. My, no, my name is unfortunately um, deceiving on my poor mom who named me. 
a Manuel Ángel. So, but here on Blink Radio, WSQFradio.com, live stream worldwide at WSQF 94.5. I'm simply, my abbreviation, Mac, on the rock. On the rock is parochial term for living on the key, living on Key Biscayne, the beautiful island of Key Biscayne, which for all those who live on the key now, don't know this story of how the word village came to be to the name of village of Key Biscayne. And it was my mother who knew my father was going off to the first charter meeting, him and four others who were writing the charter. We already had agreed to incorporate through an election. And the pro-incorporation people won. Kind of like what I'm asking for the public school system, you know, vote between parents to see if you take over the school's budget. And who would have thunk it? My mom screamed out to my dad in the hallway of the house, remember, propose the name The Village as Peter and Paul were disciples of Christ and they were fishermen. And this place is full of fishermen at the time. Today's just full of Latin Americans. And I don't know if they fish as much as the good old Americans. I see people in the middle of the night on the bridges fishing a lot. That's Miamians coming to fish. Yeah, Yeah, good for them. And until the and, until the commies, you know, make the water so dirty with plastic bags. Until they nationalize the fish. No, they're going to nationalize, nationalize the fish. The water. That's our goal, to nationalize they're the fish. Worse, the water <laughs> and the fish, of course, because the fish are in the water. Since they nationalize the water, everything in the water is the fish and the and the mammals and the cold-blooded uh, fish have to f- fall into it. And then, what do you think they'll be like a crypto fish or something? I think they're going to be crypto fish, and then they're going to be negotiating with um, the collective bargaining of schools of fish. That's what I'm predicting. Damn. That's uh, how I think things are going to go oh, down. And what kind of crack are you smoking now? I mean, man, you know, you, uh, you know, what are you going to do? You're going to run. You're going to run for president with Marianne. Uh, what's her name? Oh no, man. Oh, who was that? Um, New Jersey mayor. Oh, Cory Booker, man. Yeah, Booker. Yeah. No, no, Cory Booker was involved in the biggest scandal of his time relating to school choice. He convinces Zuckerberg to give him $100 million bucks. He uh, hires, I think, the superintendent from New York Public Schools. They start doing charrettes and group think stuff. And, and Chrissy's governor of New Jersey at the time. And between all the hodgepodge and over-analysis paralysis, $100 million. Out the window, and only one charter school gets built. And then guess what? As soon as it, it blows up in his face, New Yorker Magazine, probably one of the most popular New Yorker magazines that I know of, still on the internet. It's so popular. It's a very long article, very thought out. And everything that I complain about happened in that case. And guess what? Mr. Lo- oh, it was Rob Ford. Huh? I, I was talking about Rob Ford. Uh, yeah, that was in Toronto. My bad. Come on, man, don't mix the two countries, please. No, but I think there was a guy in New Jersey. Or I'm thinking, Cory Booker. No, um Mayor I, of Newark. And guess what? As soon as it breaks out and he's gonna get the blame because Mrs. Zuckerberg is super pissed that Zuckerberg would, would drop a hundred million like that on school choice in New Jersey. Who is the first guy to endorse Trump? Oh, that's the guy from Alabama, Senator. Forgot Senator's name. And yeah, and then he, uh, and then Trump was able to make sure he never got elected again. 
I uh, forgot his name. His first to support Trump. Well, anyway, Cory Booker runs off to be senator when Lautenberg dies and fills the vacant seat. And he skates the whole PR unrest. God, no, that's not who my name is escaping me right now. God, I know this guy. God, I don't want to be mean, but he's really fat. And you're saying he's a senator? No, he wasn't a senator. No, the guy from, uh, yeah, from New York. Um, yeah, he's a total twit. He blocked the bridge. He blocked that bridge, and it was a huge scandal. Yeah, yeah, For poor guy, reason, really obese. Uh, he's, that mixed together with the Rob Ford thing in my mind. Now you're just confusing the audience. Please either change the subject or find out the answer, because I don't have the answer. Chris Christie. Chris Christie is the governor of New yeah, Jersey. Yeah, there we, yeah. Chris Christie. Yeah, he blocked the bridge and all that, yes. He never got blamed for it. I mean, he got blamed for it, but he, it was, he was innocent of it. But it definitely killed all his chances of being president. That's Why did he I, run after that? That was really surprising. I, like, they wanted him really bad. But I don't think he could uh, deal with... He knew that that prosecuting uh, Jared Kirshner's dad was going to haunt him in the end. And Trump was going to take that out on him. But I think they asked him to run during Romney, not Trump. Trump came later. But nevertheless, he probably knew that was going on. And now Ron DeSantis can't, he's biting at the bit. He's got to run for president because everybody wants him to. And I'm not so sure you can take on Trump. So I didn't figure out what DeSantis' appeal is, but then I did. He is the conservative Al Gore. Wow. Most people are saying he's just a more, little bit more conservative Jeb Bush. But more or less, like, you know, he is that very monotone, very professional person who puts the base at ease. He says what they want to hear. He runs on the positions that they want. And he doesn't rock the party boat in an, any deep or substantial way. Uh, I, I, I can't really argue so far. You're, you're not being very detailed, but detailed about what you're saying. But so far, you're, I can agree with that. I, you know, I believe that it's Trump to win or lose. I don't think people can, can handle the barrage of what he's going to do to everyone who runs against him. I think they're all vying to be his VP with the exception of DeSantis. I don't see why he would accept being Trump's VP. There's got to be someone who really benefits this time around because they saw what happened to Pence, how poorly he was treated after his loyalty. So I don't know who's going to be crazy about being Trump's VP, but there's always someone out there and doesn't really require a rocket scientist to be on there. So... I don't know. I mean, it, it's going to be interesting. It's it's really going to... to we've already talked, and I think it's a true that the Republican primary is just going to be too big at this point. If they really wanted to combat Trump, they should be getting people like Nikki Haley to drop out now. No, I think she wants to be VP. She does. And I think that would make a lot of like women in the Republican Party very happy. I rem- and I think Trump would take her because they've worked <laughs> together before. I remember in... Um, well, there was a Fox News clip in Florida where they were trying to get a whole diner of people to be excited about Ron DeSantis, and people were still saying um, Trump. However, I noticed all of the wives said they want Nikki Haley to be VP to Trump. So I... What are you playing? Trump is some... Uh, some I don't know. Just the classic village people. And Trump shaking his hand. <laughs> Nothing's being said. I just, I just 
you know, I just thought I'd play it. What the heck? Yeah. But I'm actually looking for Ben Shapiro and the woke and the uh, the woke behind the failure of the bank, how they got off message, and how they basically uh, didn't care for investors' uh, value. They instead got into woke agendas. Oh, you know, but that that guy is so ideological. He'll he'll never straight talk. He is a partisan hack. He's a very smart partisan hack. What's wrong with you, man? <laughs> well, at least you'll say it. He's a partisan hack, yeah. Oh, I don't... I, remember, we're not, you know, we're not a, not even a tiny bit liberal. You think we are? No, of course not. Um, uh, the official Ben Shapiro. Let's see where he says this thing here. Yeah. Why? You only live once. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, wrong one. There's nothing wrong with being a... There's nothing wrong with it, but uh, he discusses uh, the bank somewhere in this video I saw today, and I want to play hit the backstory that he picked up, and I don't really know what to, uh, what to search it under. So, do you I'm, have a Daily Wire account? Is he on Daily Wire? Yeah, he's pretty much the Daily Wire. That's what well, is he? Is, is he the? Uh, the editor of record of the Daily Wire, or is he just uh, That's a good question. There? I know he's like a big name in the Daily I thought, Wire. I thought the Daily Wire was uh, Tucker. No, I don't. Tucker's not on the Daily Wire. He's, he's uh, no longer, or never was. I don't think he ever was. He's always been on cable news. No, but he had a he had a he had a he he's had a probably journal. done appearances. He, he had, had a ben, ben Shapiro had a is journal. the editor. Ben Shapiro is the editor. Jeremy Boring. Is the co-CEO? Uh huh. He got he's, uh, Well, anyway, uh, I'd like to see. They want me to join, and so I can't get the video. Oh well. Yeah, they paywalled it. I bet. I have no idea, but it's on on his Instagram post, four minutes, and he did some he did some research on the bank, and unfortunately. It's very important for our audience to hear the sp- the the spin on this. Uh, the spin uh, up front, up front, up front. Well, it, it's if you say it, you better be backing up with truth. Well, I'm looking around here and I don't see anything that the cause of these investments failing well, is because of what w- risky unquote, tech company. That's pretty all vote policies. Yeah, diversity. That's exactly what it is. But it's it's not because of those policies that this happened. Well, they over- banks go under because they promise out a lot of loans, and this was happening. This has been a problem since I think always. Uh, at least as I remember, it's pretty much the earliest problem with banks. Always have been, absolutely. So I don't see how that's woke. Woke is about at least according to DeSantis, is about the belief that there is um, oppression in the United States. Investments are the opposite. Investments are about entrepreneurial. Um, they're about opportunity. You know, that's what it's about. I don't see this as a matter of social justice. What's interesting, though, is that this place seemed to have been the biggest taker in of bitcoins. Oh. Yeah, dollar. Already, um, from the Bloomberg article, already the ease of trades for we'll Bitcoin see, $2. We'll see. I, I'm Bitcoin going to da- Daily Wire. Let's see what happens here. Can I read this, though? No. Why not? Well, go ahead. Okay. So... Already, the ease of trade for Bitcoin to dollar to Bitcoin to tether transactions to some U.S. exchanges has dipped from thirty-five from thirty-five percent 
and 45 from beginning of March to Saturday, according to the research firm Cato. The signatures collapse is likely to increase impact. So that means that this is going to get even harder for this sort of investments, especially as this bank disappears, these banks disappeared that were qualified in this matter. Um, Coinbase themselves have tweeted out, as a as of close of business, Friday, March 10, Coinbase had an approximately 240 million balance in corporate cash at Signature. As stated by the FDIC, we expected fully to recover these funds. So it seems like companies that put in money in these banks are going to be getting them back. Operating capital, non-investors, they're, they're locked out. FDIC will put it up for auction now, and I think they're going to force banks to buy it. I mean... Uh, the government has a way of forcing banks say, hey, hey, your requirement's been low lately. Take up this bank and we'll turn the art will turn the cheek. And that's the problem is that the federal government is running running scam on all of us. So uh, all these I ban- mean, it's making sure that these things don't disappear. It's all making these- sure that banking is still around. All these banks are all these banks are broke worldwide. Because of fractional lending practices. And it's really the central banks that are determining who can loan out more money and who's given more money. And until we realize that we're being we're being scanned out of the out of the gazoo, uh, eventually uh, they're gonna just uh, bankrupt us again with a massive banking crisis. It's just it's gonna happen. You know, remember the bank bailouts when the banks in two thousand eight they got bailed out. And yet, they, we have to adhere to uh, strict credibility to borrow from them, but they don't. They get bailed out. Come on, Ronald man. Ronald Reagan was the one who invented um, Bank credit bailouts? scores. No, the FICO score was in the, from the 60s. It's a, a two-team two standard. Uh, you shouldn't be saying that. Have you read my book? My book says where the FICO score started. My God. Where did the FICO score start? Holy mother of God. Now I have to have doubt that he's not, he's claiming to be a copywriter, uh, extraordinary. I'm not a copywriter. Proofreader. I'm not a copywriter. That's very different. Copy- yeah, it's very copywriters. No, copyright are people who determine intellectual property. Well, they also make no, no, ads. that's an editor. Yeah. Uh, you are a proofreader is what I meant to say, not a copywriter. And that means you're not reading the book. You're just skimming over it, unfortunately. Harsh, harsh, harsh reality. Look, you know, we're sounding really boring today. So either we pick it up or we just go to a commercial and just call it a day because we're having serious problems here. You know what I mean? And our studio clock isn't even forwarded the one hour that it should be forwarded. Shame on us. I thought it was supposed to do it by itself. I mean, I got Duracell batteries in there. Shouldn't it, shouldn't it fix, the, the clock should fix itself? Oh, no. That's uh, just it's a cell phone. not really. It's an, it's an old watch with arms. It's not Remember digital. when I told you about voting yourself out of existence? You see what happened to city uh, commissioner? Uh, when they asked her, could you say the Pledge of Allegiance? And she couldn't. Where? City of Miami. It's very sad. Oh, well, lunacy, lunacy liberalism, man. What the hell?
you get elected and you haven't had the two cents to like maybe learn the Pledge of Allegiance before you get elected? Well, now vote for someone who doesn't even know the Pledge of Allegiance. Well, somehow it fell through, like you know, sand through your fingers. And sure enough, could you start the could you start the meeting today with the Pledge of Allegiance, uh, Commissioner Kobo, on your first day? I don't know it. And they had to recite the Pledge of Allegiance. What were That's, her policies? Huh? What's her name? Kobo, C-O-V-O. I mean, I the reason I vote for people is because they're positioned on policies. Yeah, yeah, but they don't have to. They don't have the decorum to know the Pledge of Allegiance. Who cares? Who cares? Just be flippant about it. You're flippant about everything else. Because your yeah. worldview is very flippant. Yeah, I, yeah, your worldview is not attached to material conditions. It's attached to signifiers of loyalty to ideas. Okay, my ideas are good ones. That's for sure. Uh, but yeah, I can see how you think I'm uh, like dogmatic, and I can see that you're. What else you want to accuse me of? You know, um, uh, another word for that. First Fetterman moment of the day. I can't tell you the word I need. Uh, the word that expresses ideologue. That's the damn word. Yeah. Shouldn't I mean, take- there's just a lot of words that you can use to describe. There is um, partisan. But I've been accused of being ideologue. I can't really run from that one. I do believe in conservative values in just about everything except for uh, drugs on the street. You know, I don't have a problem with people drugged out all over the place. And I would just round them up, put them on, you know, chain gangs and make them work the land. And then uh, they can have all the drugs they want. I just don't like the massive homeless encampments. But filling up the jails with dealers and druggies and for possession and all that stuff, man, it's such a waste of prison space. I think everyone's pretty much on board with that. I actually called in Breitbart um, a couple of years ago, and they were talking about, like, what would you do about the border crisis? And I said, very simple. You end a drug war. You start treating it more like a health problem over, um, over some sort of, like, I guess a position against the state, which is how the drug war has handled everything. Well... My problem is, what do you do with these people? And since we have these civil rights and we have the Ooh. Bill of Rights, it's kind of hard to chain gang people anymore like they used to. They used to take the prison people, put them out in the out in the fields every day, chained together, working the fields, making it make their incarceration uh, beneficial to the common man. They're still working there. I mean, they're making license plates now, but they're not chained together. You know what I mean? It's that kind of stuff. Do you just really want them chained together? Well, if they're going to be out in the field where they can run away, yeah, I want them chained together. I mean, now already... they haven't committed a crime yet. It just because they committed a crime against themselves because they're drug overdosed. You, maybe you can get them on possession, but they're da- they're damaging the rest of us bad, man. They're just littering our streets with human bodies strung out. How can I operate a business? I would hate to have a hardware store downtown San Francisco. I can't get anybody to go in there stepping over crap, urine, feces, drug addicts, and then get into the front door. Then what happens if I buy a buck knife, you know, and the guy attacks me? I just bought the buck knife at the hardware store, and I and I went down a homeless encampment to get back to my car, and all of a sudden I'm attacked. Guess what? Got to use your buck knife. Or worse, they knock the bag out of your hand, and the druggie gets the buck knife. Then what do you do? Oh, no, I'll never go back to that hardware store again. Because all you can do is run. 
And guess what? It, it destroys the business, you know? It's really that, sad. That would be a great way to sabotage your, you know, your business, your business rivals. Is put those people there. Uh, it's just move them and take them, put them there. But if there's no shade, they'll go right back to your place. I, I guess, yeah, no, that's how you started. Is that you would build, like, say, Look at Skid Row. Hey, hey, neighbor, I'm going to do something nice Look and build at Skid shade. Skid Row. Skid Row is, you know, that, that real estate is shot. It's 200,000 people on San Diego's highways and Los Angeles highways. I mean, Miami's already having a rent problem as it is. So they're going to end up on the street, too. Is that what you're saying? I mean, that would be one of the biggest contributors to something like that. And then when people are hopeless, they'll start to binge on drugs. That's usually how the cycle goes. Well, I guess COVID created a lot of a lot more drug addicts because whoever's teetering on depression and loserville, COVID put them under. They just started getting high as a kite and twisted, and um, it's it's one of those scenario where once it's just you know once you're on that slippery slope, we go to hell. I mean, people who need the projects. hell allowed us to shut down schools over COVID? Now, massive suicides up, female suicides up, childhood suicides up, kids falling more behind. Even those that weren't falling behind are now falling behind. Uh, the vaccine didn't work, and the ones who claim that did work, well, they got swollen hearts, me included. I resisted as long as I could. I've told that story before, but seeing my heart a third larger after eight days after a vaccine was not cool. Lungs full of water. Wasn't crazy about that either. And I knew that I shouldn't take the vaccine, and I did, to please everybody but myself. Well, it's, now I'm in this room with you. I wouldn't be if you weren't vaccinated. I don't think so, because I never had COVID. I, it never prevented me from feeling, like, terrible. My lungs I got full of water. I know people who hung out with people who weren't vaccinated, and they ended up getting COVID, despite themselves being vaccinated, because it had mutated from jumping to them. So, uh, Unfortunately. So uh, I'm sorry that happened to you. But the reality that you've been vaccinated has allowed us both to be in this air-conditioned, cold, indoor place to do the show. What a homie, man. Who in the hell believes that? It sounds cute and everything, but, you know. Yeah, the cutest things are usually true, then. Uh, If they say I love you, you, yeah. It's true. (laughs) If they say I love you, it's all true, man. You know, who am I to... Tell you you don't love me when you tell me. I believe it. You know, what's up? You know what I mean? It's just one of those things where, oh, God. Did you watch the Oscars at all? No, I haven't watched the Oscars in about 10 years. Yeah, I I don't care. I watched the last one, so I saw the slap happen live. Apparently, every everywhere all at once one, which was an all right movie. It just felt like a inspired movie again. What? Be specific. You're not being... Everywhere all at once? I have no idea what that is. Because you didn't see the movie. That's what... I I don't think I saw... I haven't seen movies since before COVID. You don't watch movies? Zero. That's That's like Boomer's best ability is to like... You guys made good movies. Boomer is on the Boomers? Yeah. Baby Boomer. Yeah, you guys. Used, you guys did there better. Be, there used to be good movies. Uh, people have told me to watch a lot of movies I've missed and they're watched. Not about sitting down with someone and they turn on the channel and they go get the movie and they make me pay for it. I'll sit and watch it with them. But if you don't do that, I will never do that on my own. Never. Never. I never was like that either. You know, I didn't see Hogan's Heroes 
and uh, MASH and all these programs on TV until they were in syndication almost 20 years after the fact. I was just never a TV person. And then I was saved by ESPN. And therefore, I just got on the ESPN bandwagon, you know, and just started watching. Look at that, University of Miami ranked fifth in the tournament. Not bad. How about that? We just saw a little news flash there uh ESPN you know we're doing it, it, it is really crazy that how much TV has just fallen off yeah well, I, I I do miss how much you I guys have the phone I I do miss how much I did not have to think for watching stuff like that is a that was an old luxury of not having to think about entertainment I hung out with so many people who are like watching five ongoing prestige narratives at once and it totally burnt me out, man. It burnt me out because what had just happened is that, you know, there are so many shows out now and they're all ongoing. They all have a long plot and they all function like little movies. So it's kind of like to a point where it was just like, you know, I'll sit down and watch The Sopranos. I'll sit down and watch Breaking Bad, but I'm not going to keep watching every little thing now that everyone tells me to do because there's just simply too much. You mean you you have more choices than ever before? There's too many choices. Well, you know, when it comes to radio, I got radio now. You know what I mean? So you can always listen to us, WSQFradio.com. You know, it's just one of those situations where I can honestly say we're not on our A game today. I feel like... uh, It's going to get worse the more you point it out, though. Yeah, because I'm already saying like, like, like for everything. So I know that when I struggle to say something, you're not coming to my rescue like you used to. So even you're not the same. So what can I tell you, man? I think uh, we're falling off the bandwagon here. So I'm trying to save us from ourselves. It's kind of like America trying to save it from itself. Voting yourself out of existence is... A mayor of Newark recently got in bed as a sister city with a country that didn't exist. He signed papers. They came to meet him. What, what country? It didn't exist. But it was a, it was it was a sister city of Newark. It's, it was claimed to be some free uh, religious sect that freed themselves from the rest of India. That's how it was sold. And in celebration of that, they came and signed papers. And the guy sat there, and he was mayor of Newark. He was doing his homework, and the country didn't exist. And that's... Oh, was he, like, scammed or something? Or Scammed, totally scammed. But a government can't be scammed. They got to do their homework. They got employees for that kind of stuff. They got city attorneys that got to investigate. Who's... I'm telling you, when everybody's thinking alike, someone's not thinking. That's like one of the oldest mantras out there, repeated by... Hundreds of leaders worldwide. When everybody's thinking alike, someone's not thinking. My God, it's so obvious. I'm oftentimes that person who's thinking while everybody else is thinking alike. And I'm seeing the obvious before everybody else. And I know that's... I alone stand against the gangster communist I'm screaming in the window. I'm screaming. I stand alone. Yes. I mean... Have you heard of Francis E. Deck? No, please tell us. So Francis E. Deck was... um, he was kind of a disgraced lawyer who wrote large, um, he had 
lost his job and he kind of um kind Disser- of felt, dissertation dissertation uh, he wrote long-winded like no space speeches and sent them to random people's houses what the hell is that that's called lunacy yeah and he he believed that he was the only person who saw the true controller of everything which was the gangster communist computer god okay and who did he who did he pin the gangster communist computer guy pretty to? much everybody he didn't, he didn't include Putin in this. This was, during... this was before Putin. This was during the Cold War. Wow. And I always think about his phrases, I stand alone. And it's like, yeah, he does. Do because... you, can you play some of his stuff? Uh, oh, there's a lot the of old-timey racism in it. But I can find... <laughs> I will just have to be super careful because... Oh, no, no, because of the bad word. Yeah, 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 no, he... nah, 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 I can't <laughs> take those risks. And if you haven't seen it already, forget it, man. It's one of those situations where... Ah. I, I can read stuff here. Yeah, no. Um, it was... Um, uh, we're get, we're it, getting it, into risky great. territory it's here. Yeah, I know. It's uh, I, not, not cool. Not cool. What, uh, I, what, I need, what I need more than anything else is to pay attention to the software companies to give me a universal password to get into all my sites. It's just insane how uncomfortable it is because of the goddamn hacking world out there that's ruined our lives with their hacks that we have to have so many passwords for so much stuff. And I can't remember all my stuff. I just can't remember. And right now, I'm struggling right now just to get my several YouTube accounts passwords, and I haven't nailed one yet. It's terrible. And it's one of those 30-something, 40-something, 50-something problems I've had since my 30s. And, you know, I've taken multivitamins for this. I've taken Prevagen. I've taken uh, um, Minute. I think it's called Minute or Luminant. And nothing, 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 nothing. I'm John, I'm destined to be John Fetterman, man. It's just I'm regressing here big time. At least you're not depressed. That I'm not. <clears throat> I'm discouraged by a lot of things uh, that are related to apathy. I, I find people really apathetic. And I uh, I was listening to a speech by Jim uh, Carville about... Share uh, who that is with the audience. Uh, he's the one who did... Pa- the actor who did Passion of the Christ. Uh, I might be mispronouncing your name. It's Carzeal. I believe there's a, a V or a Z in there. But he was uh, reciting the rendezvous with destiny that Reagan had in a speech. And he Reagan was begging us to do, don't do what you can, do what you ought. And I'm doing what I ought to do. I'm taking on battles that I ought to take based on the knowledge I have and the experience I've had. And yet, I realize that unless there's this long abbreviated uh, acronym behind my name that says I'm this and that, specialist, this and this and that, I'm screaming in the wilderness. I'm not an attorney. I don't have a doctorate. You, you, Francis E. Esquire was an attorney. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I have attorneys in my family, but that's not to say that they should be listened to more than I. Chances are they're they're speaking to themselves and to each other. And whether they like to admit it or not, 
as an attorney, as all attorneys, generalization here, they know that they are the root of the problem because they know what has failed in the law and they know they've done zero to change the law so that laws apply in a more effectuate manner to the society and its problems. But they won't fix the law. Why can they make a living subjugating themselves and others to the laws that other attorneys have passed erroneously? You see it now in banking, you know? FDIC was only supposed to insure 250000 in deposits. They're going to they're gonna bail out the bank. They're going to put it up for auction, and everybody get their money back. Wait, wait, yeah. wait, what's Biden's action on this? Let's look that up. Biden said today that he's going to have the FDIC, which is not taxpayer-funded. It's fee-funded from the banks to bail out the depositors, not the investors of the bank. The investors um, and the failed banks won't be protected, but management will be replaced. And the depositors will be protected, not the investors of the bank, meaning the, the people who own the bank bonds. Uh, and then they're going to put it up for auction, and that's when I think they'll step in and tell a couple of banks, hey, you guys got to buy pieces of these portfolios or else. Uh, you know, that little audit you, you were expecting, you're going to get it now. So I don't know what to say about the snafus. I mean, it was the reason why I did what I ought to do when I wrote the book, The Fiscals. If you go to the uh, WSQFradio.com and you hit the, the, the bars to the right, top right corner, you'll see, it'll scroll down and you'll see the fiscals there. And the entire ebook is there. And we are now in the process of having it put in binder in paperback form. And then, of course, neither him or I will do the audiobook. I'll hire an audiobook company that I don't want to really depend on my voice or your voice because you might any day now come up here and your voice is really high and your name is Alejandra and all of a sudden I'm sorry to dash your fantasies of me becoming a woman yeah I'm really sorry well I mean you already admitted on the air that you you can look into these feelings that you're having yeah though that bisexual those bisexual tendencies that you have and hopefully one day you just carry it out full wig long draw long hair Pony, long ponytail, you're doing sensei, you come back from a, a Buddhist temple, fully. You know, the, they don't have a hang-up about that. It's actually completely chill. So, so they, don't have a hang, they don't have it hanging at all? They don't have a hang-up. So everybody got rid of their hanging? Or what? No. Oh, no, they just don't... They just don't see it as something so rigid. And there's, there's an old story in a lot of Buddhist stories that... Um, it's called The Legend of the Dragon Princess. And it kind of is meant to show how nothing is truly solid. That um, the dragon princess asks a Buddha, I forget which one, that if it's impossible to become enlightened. And the person answers, only for a man. So she changes into one, is one story in particular. There's other stories of a Buddha who became so compassionate that he transformed into a woman. So, like, within this ideology, there has been showing that there is not really a vivid hostility to these ideas. Okay. Like the Catholics who, you know, who just kind of go to war against sex in general. Yeah, you were saying that earlier. We're not even allowed to look at other uh, women. Jesus, that's Jesus. He's pretty clear. 
He said, "You check out another chick, and someone else's wife. You you should be, you should burn in hell." If you look at a woman with lust, it's already like you've committed adultery in your heart. It's better to lose your hand for what your hand to fall into hell than all of you. How about when he when he tells you to poke out your eye? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's it is what it is, man. There's nothing we can do. You know what I mean? I don't know how how else to say it. It's one of those situations where. There's got to be some reason for us to adhere to some kind of mores and morals and principles because you saw what your world is looking at where everybody's got an opinion about everything from gender to politics to to justice and, and, and to crime. And look, we got bedlam. Got bedlam, man. I'm just, you know... Uh, uh, yeah, let's just go with gold dust woman here. Here we go. Let's just, just, let's just do it, please. I need a break.
Does that remind you of your girlfriend or no? Oh, Goldust? You yeah. know about the wrestler Goldust? No. By yeah, all means. The, the, <laughs> Goldust was a very flamboyant, gay-coded wrestler back in the day. Damn. You know, I really want... I've been getting into wrestling, and it's kind of exciting because I was not allowed to watch wrestling as a kid. And why was that? Because my parents thought it was... My parents thought it was stupid. Well... And now what do they think? And I, well, they just don't have control over your. Yeah, they, <laughs> <laughs> but it kind—it's it, not that I wasn't allowed, but they're like, "This is dumb." And then it kind of impacted me. Like, not everything is something that people tell you not to, but you—you find of kind of like you find yourself off guard on what's really an impressionable thing on you. And I guess it's like I really admired my parents, so it's like I took their word. But on don't it. say don't say you admired your parents because that means you don't anymore. No, I still do, but, like, they're no longer in a position of influence over me. Because I'm an adult now. Who says you're an adult? They do or I do? Legally. Oh, legally. Da-da-da. <laughs> well, I think I found out that the problem with my me getting in. It turns out that I had forgotten that I have another method to this madness. And I might be ready to explore it today. I had forgot that I had this this desire to fix this problem. So the Democrats are actually pointing fingers at the conservatives right now. Prominent Democrats are blaming Congress for the collapse, pointing to a 2018 bill to loosen regulations on banks enacted in response to the 2008 financial crisis. On Monday, Biden called to Congress, strengthening the rules for banks to prevent future failures. Had Congress and the Federal Reserve not rolled back stricter oversight, SVB and Signature would have been subject to stronger liquidity and capital requirements to withstand financial stocks. They would have been required to conduct regular stress tests to expose their vulnerabilities and cheer up their businesses. Senator Elizabeth Warren wrote an opinion piece on Monday. No, I mean. And you decided to quote her of all people? No, I'm just reading from the Hill right now. Oh, well, another liberal rag. Okay, I get it. I get where you're going. So basically, you feel like Biden made a good decision. I, I don't know how what the Democrats are, such as Elizabeth Warren, are saying on this, but I do think Biden is handling this in a smart way. I do think you know what drove people insane about the '06 was that the perpetrators were completely let off the hook. And I, I think it's kind of good that, like, it's just straight up he said it's the investors are going to lose their money. That's how capitalism works. You take a risk. That's always the argument. Absolutely. Yeah. And I I think this is being handled better, in all honesty. Well, I'm sure if, you, if, if you're a bank depositor, you're really relieved that they're going to give you your money. And then you what you're going to do, you're going to leave the bank as soon as you get your money. You're not going to sweat that one out again because it's your money. And everybody knows that is the truth. It's just going to happen. So uh, I, feel, I feel for people because tomorrow could be the bank you're, you're depositing at. So from that standpoint, I believe the bank's, can't be bailed out by the government every time. And that's the big think, issue. I always think about It's a Wonderful Life. Yes. That's, that, that, that's that was a, a long time ago. But, yeah, they did a rule for that now. Is that 
the the bank goes under, but people get their money back. That was Cary Grant, wasn't yeah. it? I only double check. Man, I love that movie. Did you know J. Edgar Hoover hated that movie? Give us a reason why he did. Oh, because um, the moneyed guy is the bad guy, and he doesn't really get a conventional comeuppance. So to Hoover, it looked like a communist movie. Well, speaking of Hoover, communism, what do you? How do you explain today's FBI? Are you kidding me? <laughs> They've still infiltrated other groups like Black Lives Matter. Well, what? No, they definitely aren't communist. The, the psychological profile of people who join, you know, rigging an election isn't communist. Oh, buddy. Oh, buddy. Uh, you know, shooting down and suppressing the Even laptop. Even Trump is going to be walking back on that. Oh, yeah? he's got, uh, It didn't come out in the Twitter files? No, it they, hadn't, actually. It hadn't. The Twitter, the, what came out in the Twitter files is that the press did not want to report on certain stories. What did not come out in Twitter That's press... That's communism! <sighs> Such the a press is supposed to save us from communism <laughs> by ex- finding out the truth! That's not what the Founding Fathers envisioned. Biden would have not won the election. It would not have been rigged like it was. all over again. Hillary ain't going... Listen... Hillary, Benghazi ain't going away. People going to remember. And then what happened? No one cared. Yeah. That, no that, one cared. That an ambassador got murdered. Okay. Because people are so far away from this sort of thing. I, Republicans, I, that, cost, there, there Republicans are constantly doing their own little um, Monica Lewinsky scandal over and over again. Because it worked. It got, it was, the first thing was just, it was really funny. For the average American, when hearing what the president did in an office... That was funny. But it's always going to be forever on of looking for that next scandal to get the Democrats on. Because it's it's the reason Fox News exists. It's the reason uh, it's beca- Fox News exists. It's because of Fox News that we even know about this. Because none of the other channels, none, would agree on anything from the origins of the, uh, the, uh, of the coronavirus to the scam against Trump... To the manipulation of the Smartmatic election machines, to some machines being connected to the internet, to the mysterious changing of votes, to the ballot harvesting that is acceptable in several states, none of that would be discussed if it wasn't for Fox News. Fox News has Fox the News big is having to walk everything back now. Nah, That's what's been happening. zero. Yeah, that, it's been leaked that Trump um, was not liked by Hannity. Or Tucker. Okay. Because they were afraid of losing out to Newsmax. Let's listen to... What are you going to play? Ben Shapiro on, about the banks. What do he think is going to happen to the economy? So we finally got it. I'm we- not so sure. Are you hearing that or no? No. So let's get that on. I, I'm excited. Does it sound like technical Technical difficulties, everyone? It's unreal that I still am so damn annoyed by the glips that I can't seem to overcome at this radio station. You know what I mean? It's one of these things where what the hell is going on? What is it about 
the technical. Anybody want to be my board engineer? Please. I mean, community radio shouldn't be such a damn struggle. My God. Totally, totally, totally sucks. I can't even play the freaking thing, man. Come on, man. And this is the Ben Shapiro Show. Here the we ben go. Show, sponsored by ExpressVPN. Protect your online privacy today at expressvpn.com slash Ben. Well, the second biggest shutdown of a bank in U.S. history happened over the course of the last 72 hours, and people are freaking out. And there's a reason that they are freaking out when a major bank goes belly up like Silicon Valley Bank just did. That freaks out everybody, especially because, as it turns out, Silicon Valley Bank is apparently not the only bank that has the same kind of issues that shut down Silicon Valley Bank. Signature Bank has also been closed right now. There is now talk about the possibility of other banks following in the footsteps of Silicon Valley Bank and having serious problems on their hands on on their own. That would include, for example, First Republic apparently has similar issues to SVB. So we're going to go through exactly what happened with SVP, why it shut down, and we'll talk about whether there's a system-wide banking issue. The first thing to understand is that the reason for all of this is federal government mismanagement. The reason for all of this is because the federal government blew it on inflation and then had to ramp up the interest rates in order to fight the inflation. So here is what happened. According to the Wall Street Journal, SVB by Financial is the parent company of Silicon Valley Bank, which counts many startups and venture capital firms as clients. So this means that a lot of people are sort of laughing today because look at all the big tech bros who are about to go under. Now, here's the reality. What's actually going to happen, as we'll discuss in a moment, is that the federal government is going to bail out the depositors, meaning that all of the people who had their money invested in Silicon Valley Bank, everybody who took their money and put it in Silicon Valley Bank and left it there, and then they would take swing loans in order to pay their staff, all those people will be fine. It's the bank itself that is going to shut down. This does mean the federal government is violating its own rules. The Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation, which is supposed to give you back $250,000 of your deposits, right? Every time you go to the bank, you'll see there's like a little sign on the bank teller window that will say FDIC insured up to $250,000. Well, most people who are running companies keep a lot more than $250,000 there. The FDIC is going to fill in all of those people anyway. This does create a situation of moral hazard. But what happened here is that SVP Financial had billions and billions in total deposited. They had about $200 billion in total deposits by the end of the first quarter of 2022. That was a major increase in the amount of money that they had in deposits from the first quarter of 2020. In 2020, they had $60 billion in deposits. By 2022, they had $200 billion. Why? Well, because between 20 and 2022, we injected more money into the American economy than any time in human history. We just shoveled money out the door. And a lot of that money went to the big tech companies. A lot of that money went to firms that didn't know where to put the money. And so they started shoveling it to tech. Because remember, that was a tech boom. It was really a tech bubble. It was very reminiscent of the dot-com bubble of 1999, 2000, where all of a sudden firms that, that really should not have been valued at the valuation that they were being provided were suddenly being valued at extraordinary prices because people had money just gushing out of their pockets. Like, what am I going to do with this? Well, I can go invest in Petco. I can, I can, I can go in pets.com. I can go take my, my money and I can put it in some weird venture capital attempt and I can just throw the money at it because what else am I going to do with this money? And so all of those companies then took their money and they put it in Silicon Valley Bank. And so you saw the balance sheet expand dramatically for Silicon Valley Bank financial. So this created a question for Silicon Valley Bank because the way the banks actually make money, they don't keep your money in a lockbox. It's not like you have a safety deposit box and you bring in your million dollars and they take it in cash and they shove it into the wall or something. That's not what they do. Instead, it's all digital. And what they do is they then lend out the money to other possible ventures or they go and they buy bonds or they go and they buy stocks. They invest the money themselves 
And then they essentially arbitrage the difference between what they have in their coffers and what they owe back to you and what they think they can earn from the markets. So what exactly did SVB Financial do with this massive influx of cash? Well, they started buying tens of billions of dollars of seemingly safe assets, primarily long-term U.S. treasuries and government-backed mortgage securities, which means that SVP securities portfolio rose from about $27 billion in the first quarter of 2020 to $128 billion by the end of 2021. And so they took all that money that was being thrown out there by the federal government, this inflationary wave by the federal government, they took all that money and they shoved it back into U.S. treasuries. Well, normally U.S. treasuries are supposed to be pretty safe, right? I mean, the way the U.S. treasury works is that you take 950 bucks, you invest it in a $1,000 bond, and that $1,000 bond is supposed to come to maturity in, say, 10 years. And that means that your rate of return on the $1,000 bond is, you know, a few percentage points. And that's fairly safe because you know you're going to get that money back. The problem is, if the interest rates dramatically increase, then the value of your bond drops really dramatically. Because let's say that you buy a bond and that bond is going to give you a a yield of, of 4%. And then suddenly, there is an interest rate increase. And so the government is issuing bonds at a much higher rate Well, then the market for your bond, which is going to earn you a much lower rate, the market just disappears. Suddenly your bond is worth like nothing because I can go down the street. I can get a brand new bond issued by the U.S. government that is going to earn me a much greater yield than the bond that you are now currently. You're going to have to sell your bond at discount to compete with the new bonds that are being issued by the federal government. This is why when interest rates increase, the prices of bonds that are currently on the market tend to drop. So they they, they tend to work in, in sort of, Counter, counterbalance to one another. So what happened here is that SBV Financial thought that they were being safe by buying a bunch of U.S. treasuries, but they were being stupid because they didn't look at the market and say, okay, wait, inflation is likely to follow here. And so when inflation follows, you're gonna have to ramp up the interest rates. When they ramp up the interest rates, what is likely to follow is that the bond holdings that we have are going to drop in value. So if there's run on the bank and all of our money is invested, all of their money, all of your money is invested in the bonds, we're gonna have to sell off those bonds at a loss and that's gonna bankrupt the bank. That's essentially... What happened here? We'll get to more of the explanation in just one moment. First, in this economic climate, it's pretty sketchy out there. You need to be cutting your monthly expenses because you just don't know what's about to happen next. Pure Talk saves the average family over $900 a year when they switch from Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile. That is correct. You can save $900 a year on your wireless bill and still enjoy ultra-fast 5G service. Get unlimited talk, text, and plenty of data for just 30 bucks a month. Pure Talk is so sure you're going to love your service. They're backing it up with 100% money-back guarantee. Stop paying a fortune to Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile. Cut your bill in half with PureTalk. Their U.S.-based customer service team makes the switch really, really easy. Switch over to PureTalk in as little as 10 minutes while keeping your phone and your phone number. Your first month is guaranteed risk-free. Head on over to puretalk.com. Enter promo code Shapiro. Save 50% off your very first month of coverage. That's puretalk.com. Promo code Shapiro. PureTalk is simply smarter wireless. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Again, There's no reason why you should be spending your money when you don't have to be spending your money. And you get the same exact coverage. I use it for my business calls, PureTalk. They do a great job and I'm saving money. PureTalk.com, enter promo code Shapiro, save 50% off your very first month of coverage. Okay, so again, according to the Wall Street Journal, they bought all of these securities. The problem emerged is that because they pay fixed interest rates for many years securities, that's not necessarily a problem unless the bank suddenly needs to sell the securities. Because market interest rates have moved so much higher, those securities are suddenly worth less on the open market than they are valued at on the bank's books. And as a result, they could only be sold as, as a loss. Right? That, that, that's what I was telling you. The, bo- the price on the bonds they had bought declined from when they had bought them because of the interest rate increases necessitated by the inflation. So as the Wall Street Journal says, at the same time, SVB's deposit inflows turned to outflows because clients were burning cash and they stopped getting new funds from public offerings or fundraising. So remember, 
all of their clients are tech companies. Those tech companies are very reliant on inflation. Those tech companies were burning through cash at an extraordinary rate. For about two years there, if you were a, if you were a company that was in search of public financial capital, you would just seek to get bought up by what was called an SPAC. A SPAC. You, you sought to be bought up by a publicly traded company that didn't have any content to it. It was basically just a slush fund, and then it would buy you, and then you would become the publicly traded company. We've seen a few of these. Truth Social was funded through a SPAC, for example. But when all the money dried up, then suddenly all of these companies came up short. They've been burning through cash at this extraordinary rate because there was so much cash flowing through the system. And then interest rates increased. People stopped spending money quite as much. All the investments dried up. And at that point, everybody started trying to draw down their balance of the bank. And when they started to draw down their balance of the bank, suddenly the bank had to figure out, because everybody is, is operating on essentially marginal deposits, right? Everybody at the bank, again, they keep a certain amount of money at the bank, like what they have to by law, but then the rest of it is being lent out or bought or whatever. And so suddenly, if everybody goes to the bank at the same time, you have the Mary Poppins scenario, right? Everybody goes to the bank at the same time. It's a run on the bank and everybody freaks out because they have to shut the windows. There actually is no money at the bank. And so how do they fill back in that that hole? Well, they have to go and they have to sell all these bonds at a loss, which bankrupts the company. So on Wednesday, SVB said it had sold a large chunk of its securities worth $21 billion at the time of sale at a loss of about $1.8 billion after tax. The bank's aim was to help it reset its interest rates at today's higher yields and provide it with the balance sheet flexibility to meet potential outflows and still fund new lending. And then it tried to raise about $2.25 billion in capital by selling stock. The problem is that the run was already on. Everybody went to get their money. On Thursday, customers tried to withdraw $42 billion of deposits, about a quarter of all of the money that was supposed to be held at the bank. And it just ran out of cash. And then other banks started to get hit. Because there were other banks that were invested in this bank. Stocks of other mid-sized lenders like First Republic Bank and Signature Bank were halted on Friday morning. And in fact, Signature Bank essentially went into receivership for the exact same reason. They were invested in Silicon Valley Bank and also they were heavily invested in bonds. And so the question becomes, okay, so what happens next? So that's two questions. Question number one is, are they going to bail out SVB? Are they going to bail out the depositors? How many other banks are in the vulnerable position? that SVB was in? How many banks are not telling you they're in that vulnerable position? And nobody really knows the answer to that. So there's a lot of unease in the markets today because even if the depositors of Silicon Valley Bank are bailed out, well, what happens to all of the, what happens to all the unsecured credit holders in Silicon Valley Bank? And there are a lot of people, in other words, who invested in Silicon Valley Bank. They're not gonna get their money out. That money is now gone. And Silicon Valley Bank was a big concern. So that means those people are going to lose a lot of money, which means they can't hire. It means they can't fire. It means they can't, like they're, they're bankrupt. Right? I mean, it can bankrupt a lot, a lot of people. And so we are in the same situation, financially speaking, that we were not to the same extent as we'll, as we'll discuss in a moment, during 2007, 2008, when you started to see major financial institutions go down because they had made bets that they did not see, they, they did not see as being risky because they thought that the federal government was going to backstop them. Now, again, this is almost a mirror image in terms of the morality of it, of 2007, 2008, you had a bunch of financial institutions who were tacitly relying on the promise that the federal government was going to fill them in to make risky bets. And then those bets fail. And then the federal government does indeed at least fill in the depositors. Now, they're not going to save Silicon Valley Bank here. Silicon Valley Bank will not be a going concern from here on out unless there is somebody who comes in, sweeps in, and actually buys up the assets. Now, that could have been done on the open market anyway, right? There could have been Elon Musk talked about buying up Silicon Valley Bank, for example. And then going and finding investors to fill in what depositors were owed. 
Because it's not like Silicon Valley Bank had no money. It's not like they went from $200 billion in holdings to $0 in holdings. They still were able to liquidate some of the bonds that they had on the market. They would need somebody to come in and buy them up and, and fill it back in. And people would presumably continue to invest in Silicon Valley Bank once they realized that the run was over. But that's not what the federal government did. So the federal government had basically two concerns here. Concern number one is making sure that this thing did not spread directly from Silicon Valley Bank to the rest of the system, that there wasn't a meltdown where depositors lost their money. And so everybody across the system went, hold up a second. My money is not safe at my bank. I'm going to go do a run on the bank right now. And because there is a sort of herd mentality when it comes to this stuff, is my bank safe? Are they doing the same thing? Are they lying to me? And everybody goes get their money at the same time. And suddenly a lot of banks start to go under and it looks very much like 2007, 2008. And the federal government rushes in to, to fill in the system. The other is the moral hazard created by the simple fact that over and over and over again, the federal government keeps doing things and people keep relying on the federal government to fill in the gap. In 2007, 2008, the presumption was for everybody who was invested in subprime mortgages that the federal government was going to back their play because Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, which were quasi-government subsidies, subsidized, they were backing that play. In 2007, 2008, the smart money was that the federal government was backing subprime mortgages. So what's the big deal if we mix in a bunch of crap subprime mortgages with actually like good mortgages and then we mix it all together, create a, a credit derivative structure that, that allows us to create a crap sandwich and then everybody eats the crap sandwich, but most of the sandwich is not crap, so it's probably okay. Well, as it turns out, the federal government stepped in to save everybody from their own stupidity in relying on the federal government. Same sort of thing here because the, all of these companies relied on the federal government not to raise those interest rates to dramatic levels. That's exactly what happened with SVP. They said, yeah, we can see that you're inflating the currency, but we, we're, we'll bet that you're not going to raise those interest rates to high levels, even as Jerome Powell was saying we probably will. And then, of course, things went south, and now they're going to get bailed out by the federal government, at least the depositors are. And it's a question as to how, much, how many other institutions are going to be guaranteed that way, which raises the question as to if depositors are just getting bailed out by the FDIC, then why exactly is the federal government subsidizing a bunch of banks in the first place to engage in investments they would not make with their own money. Because that's really what you're talking about here. We'll talk about the moral hazard in just one second. First, I love baseball. Opening day for the MLB is coming up March 3rd. I've been watching spring training. I'm really excited about, believe it or not, the White Sox this year. I actually think that they're going to overperform. But as much as I love watching baseball and rooting for my favorite teams, Prize Picks makes it a lot more fun because Prize Picks is the easiest and fastest way to play daily fantasy sports. So here's what you do: you pick two to six players, you choose whether they will score more or less than their Prize Picks projection, and you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. There's no competing against other people; it's just you versus the projections. Prize Picks offers projections on pretty much every sport there is: from NBA, NFL, MLB, NHL, PGA, college sports, like all of them. The app is really sleek; it's really easy to use. I'm trying it; it really works very simply. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. Withdrawals are safe and fast. It's just a lot of fun. It's something you can do for fun. Download the Prize Picks app or go to PrizePicks.com. Sign up and play daily fantasy sports. You're doing it anyway, so why not try it with Prize Picks? First-time users can receive 100% instant deposit. Match up to $100 with promo code Ben. If you deposit 100 bucks. Prize Picks will give you 100 bucks. If you deposit 50 bucks, Prize Picks will give you 50 bucks. Don't forget to enter promo code Ben at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. Go check them out at prizepicks.com or download the Prize Picks app to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. Alrighty, so okay. the federal government, again, has two main issues here. One I, I have enough with Ben Shapiro. You guys get the point. The point is that we're, the game is being run on us again, just like it was in 2008. When it comes to woke corporatism, there's laws right now for a lot of pension funds 
are having to adhere to to be woke. The famous, I hate to use the word woke because I invented a better one, progressive virus. And it's a mind virus like Elon Musk is talking about. But mine was written a long time ago, before Elon hit the waves, the airwaves, before Ben Shapiro, before the, uh, well, not before the 2008, but 2013, I started writing in, uh, I think it was like 2009 or something. And I didn't really get really into it about, until about 2013, 14, when I did the ebook. But anyway, it's called the progressive virus. When that infiltrates the minds of groupthink, you get these global initiatives like global warming. What's unfortunate Which about global... Which has been talked back by pretty much 90% of climate scientists. I understand. They always do that. They have the power to do that because they're given a large swath of money to do an agenda. What was it? Agenda 21 by the United Nations. I think there and might be something else. Let me double check that, but keep talking. Well, anyway, the United Nations consortium of globalists and central bank and all that, their whole role, their whole existence of that is obviously not peace, love, and happiness as it was originally thought. It's to take money from the G8 countries and have them spend it on the underdeveloped world. But this is the lunacy of this whole proposition in the first place, is that the biggest obstacle to combating global warming isn't coming from the first world. It's about the the, the second and developing world, which want to develop. So this talking point makes no sense because it's not actual diagnosis of the problem. Yes, America and China are the biggest producers of CO2. But the other countries... And who is hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. And China doesn't have to adhere to agenda. We can make them. We no, can you can't. Trade. We can. They yeah, laugh can. at you. You can't we make them. We can make them. them trade. So here's the thing. The bigger problem are countries like India and other allies who Oh, want- sorry. Add them to China, too. They're biggest carbon emissions in and the yeah, world. Because they want to build up their economy. So this is the problem that we face is that these countries want to get on cheap gas and other cheap, cheaper, more costly environmentally how about, farms of- how, about, how about natural gas it's clean as hell stop with the global warming BS because that it assumes that the, that the human race with all its carbon emissions included can change the temperature of the planet Do it you cannot we can pollute a river yeah with plastic that you guys uh, tell okay, me no, I no, have no, to no, have no. do you know where plastic comes from uh, fossil fuels yes and we so would, there you go you but, wouldn't but, but, have but, your plastic bags then we would still be cutting down trees, but because you had gas, you had plastic bags and tires so, and thing. rubber the thing. This is and mul- plastics of all thing. types. This is a multifaceted issue that we have to address. And you we have can't to- address the harsh reality that the bandoozle of uh, clean energy has brought us battery-operated cars. Do you know how toxic a battery-operated car is? Piled you know up that batteries in a junkyard. Be, lithium batteries can actually be completely recycled. No, they yes, all they have to be yes, completely can. diminished down to rare earth metal size again, mixed with new rare earth metals over a 20 year lifespan, and mixed with a recycled battery in order for you to make that statement. It's not what you think it is. All Teslas die in 20 years. And I don't even think you can trade them in, quite frankly. Once they're dead, we'll have to wait. 20 years is up very soon. So I just Googled right now, um, according to Scientific American, lithium battery, recycled lithium-ion batteries can perform better than new ones. Yeah, and? Yeah, so this concern... Yeah, the double A, you mean? The triple A or the car battery? 
please. Come on, man. We're talking about huge batteries the size of the car. Yeah. The, ba- There's the battery. There's actually huge lithium storage batteries facilities. Absolutely. That are the size of like the cargo on a truck that are now okay. supplying things. So, so this is an there exciting have to be new one, technology. But there but has to be one on every. Ad- there has to be one on every block. See, this is the craziness. Is that you guys? Are the like, craziness is you think there's going to be a recharging no, battery station on every the, corner. The craziness is that you guys are like we're pro capitalism. But then when something that actually comes along, that capitalism is, is backing us, you don't even believe in it. You know what that, that is the craziness. Is that this? It seems that it's like I called you an ideologue earlier, but it's like an ideological. <coughs> I'm not denying you. I'm not it's denying a you. Which runs it. I'm not denying you from buying a Tesla. In fact, you can buy a battery operated Mack truck, but I will not pull over to take you to the battery charger, and. I want to know what you're going to do with the rare earth mineral mines that have to be quadrupled, quintupled. What, how do you say five times? Do you know how do you say five times centuple? No. No. Uh, uh, most qu- I know is quintuple. Uh, that's all I know. Too. Yeah, yeah. But there have to be ten times more mines in the world than, than there are now. And then that's the thing we got to improve recycling. How are you going to improve the mines? Our, it's toxic. Our back is literally against the wall, and you're here pointing yeah, out yeah, the yeah. little problems. You and AOC, want- the world's going to end ten year, in ten years. I no, get no, that. No, the- Al Gore's been saying that for 20 years. And it's that, all a lie. That's what this comes back to. It's a lie. You don't want to buy into this it's because a racket. the Democrats said it. It's a and racket. that's all that matters, is that a Democrat They're using wants it, you. a Democrat said it therefore we can't give this any credence it's really that simple uh-huh because you can't name peer-reviewed articles that go against this you can't be talking about any sort of things that are substantial evidence it's when the conversation goes down enough you drop aoc you drop al gore which is funny because even though al gore might have been one of the people to bring this to the public attention Al Gore is not the reason why people lean left because of this. It's because the Republicans don't want to do anything about this. Because we don't believe it exists. And exactly why we you're the party a- of loons. We're- because you don't see the biggest threat in the world staring down your face. Because this is more about proving points, more about settling scores, bearing grudges, and as you like to put it, unanswerable grievances. Boy, did you nail that one right. Woo! I only believe in climate change because it's always changing. I believe it's sick. I believe it's the sun. I don't believe it's any of our activity. <laughs> I, now, I hear but that. I always, I always have hey, a disclaimer. Let's not think about the fact that there are four seasons. The climate changes four times a year. Now I say I may just be. <laughs> <laughs> what a thought terminating cliche. Did liberals not consider the sun? Oh, you got us. You got us. The sun. The sun, man. It's not... We're just confused that the sun is a thing. Yeah, it's enormous. (laughs) Millions of times wider in gastrous substance than you will ever know. So here we go. The first contestment. Not contestant. Contestment. Who are you playing? Did I just invent that one? I think contestment. Who are you playing, though? That's a Fetterman moment, I think, or what? Uh, it, it sounds like a word I would have made up n- as no a No notable. I'm just blindly Playing a YouTube video? Elon Musk. Even when you've got a situation where virtually every scientist uh, on Earth agrees that this is, you know, that, that, that global warming is real, that adding um, 
billions of tons of carbon through the atmosphere and oceans is, is a bad idea, then you have a few percent of who, who dissent, and, and then the way that it is presented to the public is, is not that you know, 97 or 98 percent of scientists think what we're doing is crazy, but, that, but simply that scientists disagree. Now, now scientists disagree about everything. <laughs> okay, you will not find 100% of scientists who agree about anything. Um, so, that, but, but this is a very disingenuous argument. I mean, there's, there's definitely, there, there are many important issues in the world. Um, this is not the only important issue, um, but it is, I think, the thing that will have the biggest um, negative effect on humanity if we do not address it. In general terms, uh, what is needed to address the, the, the climate crisis. Um, and this is the thing that if, 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 we, if we do, what actions can we take that, that will accelerate the transition out of uh, the fossil fuel era? Um, so th there's a certain amount of carbon that is circulating through the environment. So it's going into the air, being absorbed by, and then getting, getting absorbed by plants and animals, um, and then going back into the air. And this, this carbon is just circulating on the surface. Um, and this, this is fine, and it's been doing that for millions, hundreds of millions of years. Uh, the, the thing that's changed is that we've added something to the mix. So this is what I would call the, the sort of the, the turd in the punch bowl. Um, so the, we added all this extra carbon to, to the carbon cycle. And the net result is that uh, the, the, the carbon in the ocean's atmosphere is growing over time. It's much more than can be absorbed by the ecosystem. It's, it, it's really, it's really quite simple. We're taking uh, billions of tons of carbon that's been buried for hundreds of millions of years um, and is not part of the carbon cycle, taking it from deep underground and adding it to the carbon cycle. Carbon parts per million has really been bouncing around the 300 level for around 10 million years. Um, and then in the last few hundred years, it went into a vertical climb. This, this is the, the essence of the problem. This is very unusual. Um, and, and, a, and a very, very extreme threat, as you can see from, from this rate of growth. Then this is accompanied by uh, a temperature increase, as one would expect. And, 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 this, and this temperature increase, you know, people talk about two degrees or, or three degrees. It's important to appreciate just how sensitive the, the climate actually is to, uh, to temperature. And it's important to look at it in terms of absolute temperature, not um, in degrees Celsius relative to zero. We need to say, what is the temperature change relative to absolute zero? That's how the universe thinks about temperature. It's how physics thinks about temperature. It's, it's relative to absolute zero. So uh, for small changes result in, in huge effects. Uh, so New York City under ice would be minus five degrees. New York City underwater would be plus five degrees. But looked at in a, in a, as a percentage relative to absolute zero, it's only a plus minus 2% change. The sensitivity of the climate is extremely, extremely high. Um, we've amplified the sensitivity by building our cities right on the, on the coastline. And most, uh, it, it, most people live very close to, to the ocean. There are some countries, of course, that are, that are very low-lying and would be completely uh, underwater in, 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 a, in a climate crisis. So this, we, we've essentially designed civilization to be super sensitive to climate change. The, the, the important thing to appreciate is that we are going to 
exit the fossil fuels era. So it, it, is, it is inevitable that we will exit the fossil fuels era because at a certain point we will simply run out of uh, carbon to mine and burn. So the question is really, when, when do we exit the era, not, not if? The goal is to exit the era as quickly as possible. That means we need to move from, from the old goal uh, with the pre-industrial goal, goal, which was to move from uh, chopping down forests and killing lots of whales. Um, that the old goal was to move from... from now the windmills get to do that. And it kills the whales. See what I mean? Bipolarity. The windmills kill the kill whales. Thing. Yeah, the sonogram, <laughs> all the sonogram and the electric magnetic activity. I thought they the killed the birds. Future. That too. And we want to use <laughs> things like... You said it. Uh, hydro, solar, wind, geothermal... Nuclear is also a, a good option in um, places like France, which don't, aren't subject to natural disasters. Um, and, and we want to use energy sources that will be good for, for a billion years. So how do we accelerate this transition away from fossil fuels to a sustainable era? And, 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 and what happens if we don't? So if we, if we wait and if we delay the change, um, the best case... The, the, the best case is, is, is simply delaying that inevitable transition to sustainable energy. So this is the, this is the best case if we don't take action now. Um, at the risk of being repetitive, it's, there, there's going to be no choice in the long term to move to sustainable energy. It's, it's tautological. We have to have sustainable energy or we'll simply run out of the other one. So the, the only thing we gain by slowing down the transition is, is, is just slowing it down. It doesn't, doesn't make it not occur, it just slows it down. The worst case, however, is more displacement and destruction than all the wars in history combined. Okay, this is, these are, these are the best worst case scenarios. So then, we have you know, about 3% of scientists that believe in the best case, and about 97% that believe in the worst case. This is why I call it the dumbest experiment in history. Why would you do this? The, the issue we have right now is that the, the rules fundamentally favor the bad outcome. So when you're fighting for the good outcome and it's an uphill battle, um, it, it, it's, just, it's just slower. Um, so with respect to, to climate change, it's just critical that the government, and the government is the setter of rules. The government decides what rules companies will, will play by. And if, if we currently have a system which uh, massively incents bad behavior, so e even if most people don't do the bad behavior, some people will still do the bad behavior. The, the best thing to do is just to, to, um, to, to either put, put a, a penalty on carbon CO2 creation, um, or next best, not as good, is to provide an incentive for electric vehicles um, and for sustainable energy generation. Um, the, the, the greater the incentive, the faster the good behavior will happen. Um, now, of course, the, the, the great irony here is that, of course, in the long term, we will have to go to sustainable energy generation and sustainable transport because we will simply run out of hydrocarbons to burn. So we know we, with certainty that this is the end point. The, the question is just, do you want to get there? How, how much CO2 do you want to put into the atmosphere before we get there? Like, we can take it all out and put it in the atmosphere. I think that would be quite bad. Um, or we could put a small incremental amount or a large incremental amount. It's just entirely dependent upon how you set the economics of carbon-producing actions versus non-carbon-producing actions. 
So it's, it's somewhat of a continuum. Um, the, the, the greater the incentive, the better. I mean, for, for a lot of countries, they're sort of aimed at around a 10% incentive for electric vehicles. Hopefully, anything more than nothing would be good. So, I mean, t today the challenge is in terms of millions of people, but in the future, um, based on what the scientific consensus is, the, the problem will, will be in, in hundreds of millions um, and, and much more severe. So I think it's, it's very important that we, we take action today to recognize that we are making a very significant change to the chemical constituency of the atmosphere uh, and the oceans, um, and one that is almost impossible to reverse. Um, and uh, I think, you know, when we look back on, on these days in the future, we want to be able to say that we, we did the actions that were, were right, the actions that, that were important, because I think it's very difficult to say, you know, if you go, say, 20, 30, 40 years in the future, you know, what do you say to your kids or your grandkids, you know? It's not as though, like, the, <clears throat> I mean, it's like the, the scientists all say that these bad things are going to happen. It's like 97%. So like say, well, to your grandkids, your kids, like, well, did nobody tell you? No, it's like, no, everyone was telling us. <laughs> okay, so why didn't you do anything? Based on, on the, the, the projections that we're seeing right now, these are like, I'd say, arguably best case projections. We're going to see significant rises in temperature and sea level. So I think we should take action. Uh, about a third of humanity lives right on the, on the coastline. So we'd be talking about maybe two billion people being displaced. Um, and, and their home is being destroyed and their country is being gone. Yeah, so he sounds like he's pretty in favor of all of this stuff, of moving forward, of finding solutions. The reason he's on the Republican Party is pretty much an open admission. He's not a Republican? Yeah, he said so. Oh, come on. He says he's thinking of voting Republican because he but, voted for Biden. He's, he's, yeah, but he doesn't like Biden because Biden has sided with unions. He's pretty much said that um, I used to be a Democrat until they started getting along with these types. Now I'm going back, or I've changed, and look, the media has attacked me over sexually harassing a woman, and I offered to buy her a house, so now I guess I'm a Republican. <laughs> meanwhile, meanwhile, Hey, Elon, if you don't want me to talk about it, please buy me a horse. Or a whore. Uh, you can do more with a horse. Uh, you can do you can more. Do, yeah, you can do more with a horse. I, depends. Uh, depends what kind of you know, <laughs> you know. What could I tell uh, you? You know what I mean. But you, you know, you stepped into that one. I had to. I had to. No, no, it was fine. It was funny. Yeah, I, but I, I we, we got to start thinking of the solutions. You know, there's probably always a place for petroleum. There's always probably a place for drilling. But it needs to be massively dialed back. I, I would think if like. What are we going You're to do? You're going to starve everybody. No, we should be using petroleum for goods, for products. You know how many petroleum products? How many petroleum products are in fertilizers alone? You'll starve no, everybody. No, even crazier. It's in our shampoo. It's also. It's uh, in our shampoo. Is it true that it's in our Splenda or probably, Equal? Or probably. There's a little oil slick when I use Equal. And I stop using it when I notice the oil slick. But at the same time, my coffee has oil. So, you know, coffee's oil has a lot of oil in it. So, come on, it's got to be the oil in the coffee, not the equal. But it got me spooked. I went to Stevia. So, it's, you know, I remember there was actually a time where someone tried to come and convince us of, you know, just 
buying better under capitalism, just like doing boycotts. And um, I remember I just brought this up, like, what what the hell do you expect us to do? I said, like, I'm looking at the ingredients to my shampoo, and I'm finding out it's in petroleum. Like, yeah, we need we need including to do the container it's in. Yeah, exactly. Like, this is the big problem. Is you know, we I mean, what would be what would be our world without plastics? My God, that came from fossil fuels. That's my point. As much as I gave in to Elon Musk's very uh, logical and simplistic explanation, where obviously we are producing a lot more carbon into the ozone layer, and it's getting trapped by greenhouse gases, creating re- greenhouse gases. As much as that theory has been talked about over and over and over again, it's not as a result of human industrialization. That's Does it funny. matter? It doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. We, we still need to prepare. We still need to do everything. It's like, hey, listen, maybe you were smoking. Maybe you were just... We are going to contaminate our water sources way before then with these mines. Are, these mines are incredibly toxic. We need to start building around, man. If he was complaining it, about... Like 30% of people live on the coastline. That's going to be massive. This is not only going to affect the poor. I've seen will, the water. This will affect the wealthy. This will affect I've everyone. I've seen the water go over my seawall the entire time I lived on Mast Island. It was always at high tide going over the seawall. On full moon high tide, even more so. And that's 40 years of that. I've always seen it going over, this, over my seawall. Now, that it's high here and probably low somewhere else. Of course, I'm saying probably. Can I now use the truth about climate change with John Stossel? Oh, God. I'm only like, it's not happening. I was funded by a Cato Institute. 97% of scientists agree. Climate change is getting worse. Carbon could cost us the planet. Just look out the window. Look out the window? Because it's a hot day and her tiny piece of the world? How shallow is that? And what does it mean when we hear... The debate is settled. 97%. 97%. 97% of scientists agree. Alejandro says 97%. Pat Michaels is called a climate change denier. But he agrees that the globe is warmed. 97% of scientists agree that global warming is real and people have something to do with it. Climate changes. Climate changes. Temperatures up 4 degrees since what's called the Little Ice Age hundreds of years ago and up two degrees over the past century. The real question is, is it dangerous? Is it going to harm people? Exactly. There's not a 97% consensus on that? Of course there's not. There's no consensus on fear-mongering like this. If we lose the ice caps, you know how high the water will be? It would come up to the Statue of Liberty's elbow. But even the UN's computer models don't predict the 20 feet that Neil deGrasse Tyson and Al Gore predict. We invited them and 20 other alarmists to make their points on this program. Only one, Bill Mumo, agreed. He worries about the hot car effect, where you put your car in the sun, it's 70 degrees outside, you get in your car, it's 140, how did it happen? That's exactly what's happening with the atmosphere. The climate models that got the government so excited have been totally wrong so yeah. far. Well. I would say the climate models are actually better than economic models. Well, they're day. both bad. Okay, that's I, I wouldn't object to, to that to that conclusion. But, but then why should we turn our lives upside down based on 
bad models. Because last time carbon dioxide was this high in the past, sea levels were maybe 20 feet higher than they are now. That was back before humans existed. It will resume warming, but you don't really care whether it warms a degree in the next 60 years. It warmed a degree in the last 100 years. Life expectancy doubled. A few degrees warming might be good. It might be, if you, depending where you are. Cold waves kill many more people than oh, heat waves. Well, I don't know. How many uh, tens of thousands of people died in Europe in uh, 2003 in the heat wave? Tens of thousands did die. Heat can kill. But many more people die from cold. The CDC says heat kills 600 Americans a year. Cold kills more than twice that many. This budget requests $1.1 billion to address climate change. The agency doesn't get money going in front of a congressional committee and say, you know, my issue, it's really not a problem. You ought to give the money to somebody else. No, instead, issues compete with each other for your money. And so you have to scare them. We have to act in this decade. As someone who gets paid to do research, I'm really excited. I'm going to go home and have fun. And so, <laughs> to summarize, we have much scientific confidence that warming is contributing to sea level rise and other changes. I've lived through eight environmental apocalypses, the population bomb, acid rain, the ozone hole, global cooling, you name it. The global warming scare has longer legs because it's got more money. That also gives climate alarmists a reason to squash dissent. The climate change deniers suggest there's still a debate over the science. There is not. I bought what they were saying. Judith Curry is a climate scientist at Georgia Tech. She once agreed with the scaremongers. What changed? Well, climate gate. Emails reveal a plot among the world's top climate scientists. A group of esteemed scientists were strategizing to squash their opponents. And I thought, oh, wait a minute. Why should I believe this instead of my own judgment? What scientists actually agree on is a very narrow slice of things. Yes, temperatures have been increasing overall for the last several hundred years. No doubt. And that carbon dioxide does act to warm the planet. But there's no agreement as to whether warming is dangerous or not. For saying that, you were one of the targets of the congressman saying, show us where you get your money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was one of the seven. Seven climate skeptics were branded heretics in order to reveal all their sources of funds. Curry abandoned science. This is after praising me and pushing me a few years ago as, you know, the prestigious well, scientist. you have wrong opinions now. Yeah. I was trying to be honest as a scientist. It was very unpopular with a lot of my colleagues. They were trying to squash people who disagreed with them. And they've succeeded. I get emails from people all the time who wish they could speak out. What are they worried about? Losing their jobs. It's dangerous to dissent when climate change is something politicians address with religious zeal. This was the moment when the rise of the oceans began to slow and our planet began to heal. Admit it. It's a religion. The head of the United Nations Climate Panel said it's his religion. When you emit greenhouse gases, you feel like you're committing a sin? I, I suppose if I were a preacher, I'd say we're all sinners, uh, but, but there's redemption out in, in the future. What is redemption? My wife and I decided to build a zero-net energy house in New England. It's completely solar. But it's expensive? Basically, it's tax-free money for me. Yeah, taxpayers 
subsidize you and me. I did it too. Hey, yep. what's fair about that? That just hurts the poor. They ask all these Nobel Prize winners, what do we need to do to help the world? Yeah. Addressing climate change was way down on the list. A million people died from dysentery. Yes, absolutely. Dirty water, horrible yep. things yep. that are killing people now. Yep. And that would be cheap to fix, by the way. Cheaper than than We should do climate. that before we worry about global warming. But it's not an either-or thing. But government action is an either-or thing. We don't have endless money. If we want to help people, we ought to do what really helps. You freaking forced all this green technology on us. Of course there's windmills everywhere. But I've already said there's externalities for everything. Well, there's Everything inefficiency. You mean, you no, mean no, no, petroleum inefficiencies. Petroleum has externalities. Petroleum has externalities. And you just overlooked that. Global warming is the externality. You call it externality. No, 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 global warming I'm is. talking about inefficiency that starves yeah, people. Because you don't care. Because it you starves people. You don't care about How come you don't care that Save people are starved? Save me that. Where is the Republican man the, platform man for the poverty? the gas car. They're starving. Save me. Save me that. Where is the Republican platform for poverty? And besides, electric cars go way faster than fuel. What is? How do you solve poverty? By just handing out money, right? No, by creating lifestyles and institutions that people rely upon to build. This is what how an are you planning to do? This that? is what industry with is. your liberal arts with colleges industry. or what? No, with industry, with industry. We, how about we schooling? This. We do this with industry. How about schooling? strict schooling? Strict schooling that obligates the student to come out of it reading really fast and doing math efficiently quickly without burden without the calculator just in their heads and they suffer one through 12th of education dying to get out of high school but they come out smart as hell and those who don't come out smaller hell they come out as smart as purgatory maybe not as smart as hell but good schools strict conservative schools nine to five by the way in other words, they get out when their parents get out of work, not one, not at three o'clock, and then you know got to spend money on daycare or you got to spend money having the kids go but somewhere. Yeah, but that's exactly what, what I'm talking Instead about. Instead of hanging that, out on the street. No, no, no. Hold on. Is that we create institutions, we create industry, we create these things as a democracy, as a social organism that is collective. We create these things so they change the way we live. This is what we call material conditions so you're saying how are you going to do this yes by re by reorganizing the way we manage our institutions absolutely and we can do these things you guys say you can't do this and the government doesn't do anything but it does it creates these things and if we subsidize it you'll complain that we're subsidizing it oh uh, you know oh at the behest of the taxpayer you've made this yeah, it's better use of the taxpayer's money for that sort of thing that's going to ensure that we continue to survive than just to afford some lobbyist in D.C. gets their granite table. Okay. You're damn right. I would do that every time. Every time without a hesitation. He just said that government has a better use of your money. That is progressive virus no, to no, the no. max. No, no, no. Then some guy in D.C. The director of your destiny and he, mine. He, he's trying to trick you. I said a bureaucrat in D.C., is getting the granite table. And he says that's your money. Wow. Yeah, your money should go to Fundy. Your money second is... kitchen. Your, your money, money is my money. His. My money is my money. We agreed to use money as a society. I think we, we, had, we, I should, think we had no money, choice. Money is an incentive of what we choose to push. 
So you're goddamn right. It is our money. It is your money? It's my all of money. our money. All of our money. It but is. it's not the Silicon Valley Bank's money. Yeah, you're right. I'll agree to that. Okay. Stay free, stay my free. free. Stay, 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 stay free here on Blinker Radio. We, we we came out of this one alive. You know, We went in this one dead, but we came out alive. The temperature's nice and cold in here. It's not global warming here on Blinker Radio, WSQF 94.5. See you the Wednesday. Of course, he might come up with a union contract that says that he can't work on Wednesday, but otherwise, you can pull it off. If you like our programming on WSQF 94.5 in Key Biscayne, you can also hear us very far away nationwide, WSQFradio.com. And if you like our audio files and our subject matter, subscribe to YouTube Mac on the Rock Rampage. Take care and stay free.